So what do you got cooking this weekend, huh? Put your head between your legs in the brace position and get ready for another week of bats hitting balls. Balls through nets and off rackets with coaches blowing up and referees entering the witness protection program. Sit back, relax and enjoy what Triple M modestly calls the Weekend Legends. Good morning, it's great to be with you. For South Sydney, second on the ladder, Walker, cut out ball again, one more crack, oh! Good morning. It's still great to be with you. It's, it's better than great here, Andrew Rose, as we are at the Henson Park for the Beer Footy Food Festival. How good is it? Chris, this is the heartland of rugby league right here. I feel like I'm in the womb of rugby league here at Henson Park. Extraordinary night of rugby league last night, Rose. The Rabbitohs 20 defeated the Dragons 16 at ANZ in front of 12,318 people. Yes. And my West Tigers oh. prevailed by two points, 28 to 26, over the Newcastle Knights at the Mark Hughes Foundation Stadium last night, Rose. Yeah, I liked the name change. It was a solid night of rugby league all round. More than 21,000 people. Now here today, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs take on the Newtown Jets. Yes. This is Heartland stuff right here. My doggies versus your Jets. We're here in the Young Henry's Triple M inflatable pub. Look at this. Beautiful people hanging out before the gates with us. There's an inflatable pub. I'm going to try and eat from every stall here. <laughs> and the Music and Blues Company putting on a great show as yes. well. Now, it's a retro feel here at Henson Park, so we're going to talk a bit of retro rugby league. League's fastest humans Ooh. through history. Mm. The Ashes squad named overnight the South African three have returned. Yes. We're here live at the Beer Footy Food Festival and it kicks off today. So get down here. Get your ticks at beerfootyfood.com. But up next, Danny Badiris will join us on the line and we're going to ask him the good, the bad and the ugly from round 19 so yes. far. The Weekend Legends on Triple M. On the weekend, there are two types of people. Those that listen to Triple M and those that don't. These are their stories. What? Weekend Legends. It is the Weekend Legends, and we're here live at Henson Park for the Beer Footy Food Festival. It's a glorious day. You should oh, get down here if you can. Beautiful. But three games of rugby league has kicked off round 19 so far. The Sharks up 16 points to 14 against the Cowboys. The Tigers, 28, held off the Knights, 26. And the Rabbitohs, 20, beat the Dragons, 16. And we're here talking to Fox League's Danny Baderis. Danny, first of all, thank you for Origin. <laughs> <laughs> It was a yeah, awesome experience. It, it's uh, a bit of a hangover, isn't it? It's such a, a beast of a thing. Origin is so good to be on the right side of the ledger, but um, it's good to see the, the back end for the NRL. It's an important point this week for the team. A dropping for position. Last night, the West Tigers might gather my way, and West Tigers are still alive. Yeah, so we want to talk about the Knights versus Tigers, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think the good for Tigers fans was... Robbie Farris scoring a typical burrowing over try on his 300th game. How good was that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. What a career. It's, um, you know, it's stalled there going back a couple of years ago and didn't get to finish it off at his beloved West Tigers. And, you know, I could imagine him waking up today very proud of what he's achieved there at that club, and uh, especially last night. You know, that's the first time he's won a milestone match at the West Tigers from his 50th, 100th, 150th. And, Wow. So for him to get the 300 stuff um, in front of a huge supporter group there, he looked like he had the whole family there. And uh, congratulations to Robbie and all the West Tigers fans. Yeah, true. Mate, it's Rose here. Uh, you know, from the good of Robbie Farris trying his 300th game to the bad, uh, I'll take you to the shoulder charge by one Kalen Ponga that was ruled towards the end of the game. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a topical... Um, how's this going to play out? No one, no one sort of knows at the moment the, the shoulder charge and whatever it is that... 
getting eradicated out of the game. It's, uh, it's a difficult thing. I don't know what Callum Pong was meant to do there. Um, obviously, he's been deemed to have played with the hand on the ball um, yeah. and in that process has made contact with the head. So, Do you think it was uh, the right we'll call? What do you think it was I don't the right think so. no, I just don't know what he's meant to do there. Um, obviously, the injury to, to Chicken was um, very unfortunate. He hit his head very hard on the, on the ground um, on the way through, but I, I just don't know what Carl Pong was meant to do there. I think the new cliche was you can't make your shoulder disappear, Danny, but it's good news that Cheekham's okay. I guess the ugly was the press conference by coach Nathan Brown afterwards where he said some of the blokes out there should hold their heads in shame for what they dished up. How did you feel about Nathan Brown's words? Yeah, well, I, I guess on hindsight, it's, it's a very emotional night for everyone and our week, I guess. Um, you know, they really built that week up and put a lot of emphasis on um, what, what they're playing for there and you know, obviously keep the season alive as well, so... Been for brain cancer around and Mark Hughes and what he's done for the club, and you know, to see that he's probably highly disappointed with what, what went down. And um, a few effort areas 28 points, um, you know, do or die game like that would, would be highly disappointing for him. We're talking to the great Danny Badiris here about all things from the games last night. We've gone through the good, the bad, and the ugly of the first game. Now, the Rabbits v Dragons, to us, the good and bad and ugly of that game was all one person. Jason Saab on his debut. Here's a bit of audio of his second try. And the field goal attempt backfires. Here's Leilua motoring. Aikens look dangerous. Saab outside him. The boyhood Rabbitohs fan has a double on Taboo. It's an extraordinary sequence, wasn't it, Danny? Two wonderful tries for the kid, but then he followed up with a, almost a front flip trying to field the short <laughs> kickoff and then a bad defensive read on Campbell Graham to let South win in the last seconds of the game. Mm. Uh, he's another one on the production line, isn't he? He moved yes. Jason Sarab, and anyone that's had anything to do with him over the years understands that once he's got his chance, he'd go really well. He's six foot five or six six. He's um, so much more to him than just his height. He's got a lot of ability um, in and around the game and what he's about. So... Uh, the Dragons finally unleashed him and um, yeah, he replayed him with a double. I hear his father was a bit conflicted in the crowd as well. He's, he's part of the borough. He's a diehard rabbit, but he wore a Dragons <laughs> jersey to respect his son's wishes. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, especially about arch enemies, aren't they? So yeah. <laughs> the, the way that finished off that game and um, the heartbreak for, for the Dragons, when, when you're having a, a season like the Dragons, just, you're just waiting for something to happen. You've got to feel for the fans, the Dragons fans. Yeah. Uh, the heartbreak they must be feeling today as well. And Danny, just finally, it's a huge weekend for Rugby League with the Beanies for Brain Cancer. Last night at the stadium up there at Newcastle, renamed the Mark Hughes Foundation Stadium. And uh, media this week that you and Mark Hughes and a few of the Knights old boys are training as the Wolf Pack every morning. That's dedication. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the Wolf Pack. It's an exclusive group. But come one, come all, everyone want to get involved. We've got a, we've got a couple of older guys down there that call the sunflowers because they don't come out in the sun. So <laughs> uh, we try to make sure we, uh, we, we put that aside. We're, we're winner, winner trainers and we're the Wolf Pack. So uh, we're down there. and We want to train you know, every second day. and uh, We've got a, a good core group of players led by the Gidley boys, uh, the, the great Chief and the most the best thing about it is the coffee and the chat at the end of it. Uh, you know, get to reminisce and also talk about what's ahead. So uh, it's, it's a great group to be a part of. If we can inspire anyone to do it, um, I think it's done its job. And don't forget, you can watch your team every round live and ad break free during play in HD on Fox League. Stream now on Fox uh, Foxtel now. Sign up today. Foxtel.com.au. Danny Badiris, thank you for Origin and thanks for joining us on the Weekend Legends this Absolute morning. Absolute pleasure, guys. No worries. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Danny. Cheers, oh, Danny. We are out here at Henson Park for the Beer Footy Food Festival. It's got that retro feel, guys. Oh, feels good. And the question that was asked this week was, who is the fastest player in rugby league, which takes us back to a time is, should we have these competitions in our sport? It's me, by the way. <laughs> Weekend Legends here on Triple M.
this show is definitely on the weekend. Whether these guys are legends may be debatable. Triple M's Weekend Legends. Yes, thank you, Henson. You're on the Weekend Legends, Sydney's 104.9 Triple M. Yes, we are here at Henson Park live for the Beer Footy Food Festival. It's a glorious day out here. If you can get down, get your tickets at beerfootyfood.com. But this week, guys, with this retro feel that we've got going on here, it's asked the question again in rugby league, who is the fastest player? That's right, Lachlan. And, you know, get down here because we're going to be able to describe this as a carnival atmosphere. (laughs) I think we saw at the Knights-Tigers game last night, Rose, evidence of rugby league's past and rugby league's future in terms of speed. Oh, yeah. He's having a wild night so far. He's Marshall stepping, dancing, straightening. Don't reach again! He's met half a metre out. Looked like for a moment he was going to score. Now in the next, it comes to Ponga. Ponga dummy steps no inside one. Inside. Oh, he it. got over. <laughs> like a ghost. They were clutching it air as Ponga. He stepped, he stepped, and he stepped again. Like a ghost. <laughs> Ponga stepped according to Danganane there. And it really is as like the torch being passed from yeah. Benji to Kalen, right? Sure. But Nick Walsh on The Telegraph this week wrote an article about league's current fastest men. Mm. Kalen Ponga is only ne- equal 10th at 35.5 kilometres an hour, right? Oh, how slow. Have a guess who the fastest is. No prizes for this. Fastest. Well, I always consider that the rocket of rugby league is Josh Adokar. The Fox, 38.5 kilometres an hour. First time I've ever got something right. Second, David Nofaluma from the Tigers, and Latrell Mitchell, a very, very healthy third. Yeah, nice. Uh, Jimmy the Jet only down in 16th spot. Very appropriate with jets flying over us all day here at Henson Park. (laughs) But, of course, it got you thinking about rugby league's fastest man used to be a really, really big thing, and there'd be a big final at the grand final of who the fastest guys were. What do you mean? Like, they'd have a running race? The moment they sort of have, like, like the Jersey flag kids or something in a relay, but they'd actually have a flat-out sprint of the league's fastest man. It feels very AFL to me, though, doesn't it? No, no, it's terrific. I mean, because there's this great history of running in rugby league. Right. Ken Irvine, one of the greatest players of all time, wingers, played Uh for North. Norse Manly, sure. actually held the world professional 100-metre sprinting world record in the early 60s. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. Mike Cleary, South legend, actually won bronze in the 100 metres at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, a bit of pace in rugby league is what you're saying. And uh, for those of us who are old enough to remember, <laughs> Lee Odin Ryan from Parramatta took on Chariots of Fire, Martin of Fire, out of <laughs> Parramatta Stadium when Parra took on Great Britain in 1992. Lee got the chocolates, but if you review the footage on YouTube, you might have uh, broke at the start. Yeah, right. But would you like to see that back at the grand final, Rose, or the, uh, the guys not playing in a sprint for glory? Well, like I said before, it still feels very AFL to have a running race in a grand final. I want more to it. Like, what about, like, a Ninja Warrior-type obstacle course where they've got to, like, throw a dummy and then hit the scrum machine, something like that? You could have a skill situation where there's just a wall at the corner and the wingers have to dive over the wall and put the ball down inside the try line because they can all do that now yep. closest to the try line So wins. you dive over the wall, you put the ball down in the corner and then there's a ref there and you've got to run up and argue with him about the penalty. <laughs> Is that terrific. what you're going to do? These are just ideas, Rose, that we bring to the table here at the Weekend Legends. Oh, yeah. Don't the we love one? Yes, we do. NRL, if you're listening, that's what we want as fans. <laughs> Coming up next, we've got Jimmy Jolliffe from the Newtown Jets who's going to talk to us about the game this afternoon and the atmosphere here at Hemson Park. You're on the Weekend Legends Triple M. Kicking you right in the weekend. Triple M's Weekend Legends. With Chris and Rose, and we're live here at Hanson Park for the Beer Footy Food Festival in Marrickville. Newtown Jets will take on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Go the dogs. Thanks, Lachlan. Now, we have the main game at 3 p.m. today, the Newtown Jets take on Canterbury, and representing the Newtown Jets is Jimmy Jolliffe. Jimmy, good morning. Hey, guys, how are you? 
Pretty good, Jimmy. Now, listen, you're, you're a bit of a big unit, 187 centimetres, 108 kilograms. I'm guessing you're a prop, would that be right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a pretty good thing. <laughs> and you've just signed a development deal with the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Congratulations. Ooh. Yeah, cheers, guys. Um, yeah, no, I'll tell you what, they get a lot bigger than me. Don't you worry. <laughs> Uh, mate, the uh, the Jets currently one point out of the eight, and today you're taking on, uh, admittedly, my beloved Bulldogs. What's the game plan for a day like today? I think the biggest thing for us is just to be uh, tidy, you know. They're a big team, so you need to be completing well, uh, just keep the ball in the game. And I think uh, the last few weeks we haven't been doing that well. Mate, uh, we're already out here at Henson Park. We got here early. The barbecue's going. The snags smell delicious, and everyone's very excited. How good is this day? Mate, it's unreal. It's, um, you know, it's not only a big day for the community, but it's big for the club as well. I think it's been going for four years now, and it always gets a real good turnout. So, you know, if you want to uh, get down, watch some good local footy, and uh, have a beer and a food, it's a possibility. Absolutely. I'm going to spend my afternoon trying to hit every single stall that's here, so it should be a busy <laughs> afternoon. I think also there's things like petting zoos for the kids, jumping castles. They're a bit innovative, Jimmy. They're putting the pets in the jumping castle oh, really? so you can jump and pet the, the sheep at <laughs> you, the same you, you time. You've got to catch the goat before you can pet it. Henson Park is looking at an absolute picture this morning. Now, one of the things that has a reputation for it's been a bit of a film set, movies like Chasing Comets and The Final Winter. Uh, do you fancy a role going forward in uh, TV or film? <laughs> no, I don't think that's for me. <laughs> um, what about Survivor? Would you do Survivor? Oh, I don't think I'd go anywhere, to be honest with you. <laughs> I need guys, to eat just, too much food. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just up the back with two handsome gents, both in Bulldogs jerseys. Yes. I've got Ryan and Brennan. I just want to ask you a prediction for the day. Jets <laughs> or Bulldogs? Uh, the doggies, mate. Yes. Do the doggies from Ryan and Brennan? Yeah, doggies. Oh, what That's a, a double doggies. What double an absolute doggies. stitch up. They're both in doggies jerseys. This is a stitch up. Jimmy, in a few words for these uh, misguided Canterbury fans, tell us why the Jets are going to win the big clash 3 p.m. today at Henson. Uh, it's our home ground. There's going to be thousands there turning out for us, and uh, we need to turn our season around, so uh, we need to win. Lachlan, I have a tip on the crowd, 8,972. Wow. Give or take a couple. He's exactly. a visionary. Jimmy Jolliffe, thank you so much for joining us on the Weekend Legends on such a big day for you guys. We really appreciate your time. Really. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Thanks, uh, Jimmy. Up next, consumer outrage. Are we allowed as sports fans to be outraged when things don't go our way? You're on the Weekend Legends, Triple M. <laughs> It's the radio equivalent of chowing down on a bacon and egg roll at your kids' under six soccer. Triple ah. M's Weekend Legends. It is the Weekend Legends with Chris and Rose, and we are live here at Henson Park for the Beer Footy Food Festival. Great atmosphere. Get down here if you can. Gates yeah. open at 12. But as sports fans, consumer outrage is all the talk at the moment, Chris. It is, Lachlan, and it's a bit of an odd one. Ben Simmons, the absolute superstar for the Philadelphia 76ers, Rose, mm -hmm. about to sign a $240 million US contract for five years. As you do. He's coming down for the exhibition or warm-up games before the World Cup. Right, so this is these two games where USA are playing Australia in basketball at Etihad. Well, Marvel Stadium. Marvel Stadium. Now, right? Sorry, I'm so, I'm so used to Etihad. These two games happening later in the year. About 50,000 punters each. Oddly enough, Simmons is playing those games, but he's not going to play in the World Cup. Why? Because uh, I think Philadelphia wants him to get a jump shot. Something to do with that $250 million he's being paid? And they want to protect their investment. Now, Andrew Bogart, who was talking for the Sydney Kings this week, says, I think I can talk Ben into playing in the World Cup. What do oh, you think? yeah, what's he going to do? Text him? Yeah. Say, hey, come and play basketball. 
But it's good that he's turning up because if I was a consumer, having shelled out all that money to see the Boomers play and there was no Simmons, I'd be a little uptight. Well, imagine if you shelled out money to go and see that game, uh, uh, imagining what the USA team would look like. Because as we know this week, so many players have pulled out from it. Well, I was going to say, you would have been looking forward to seeing Antonio Davis. Oh, huge Davis fan. James Harden. Who? Damon, Damon Lillard. Yeah. Zion Williamson, the Boone Kitty out of Duke. Yeah, the new star. They're not coming. Oh, great. <laughs> What's going on? Why is everyone pulling out? Look, the clubs own these players to a degree, and they're really concerned about what they're doing. Now, if Williamson's a rookie, they want to engage him in the system rather right. than having risking an injury in a World Cup, which seems to be meaningless, apparently, to... Yeah, you know, teams like the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, what I'm hearing is that both these games in Melbourne are sold out, correct? Or close to being correct. sold out? So the question begs is, if you're paying all this money to, you know, say you're a Sydney person, you're flying to Melbourne to watch these games, and then you get told now that the USA team is nothing like what you thought it would look like, do you have a right then to say, I want my money back, I don't want to go? Well, I remember many years ago, Magic Johnson came out for the Magic Johnson exhibition games, except guess who wasn't playing? Oh, one guess, Magic Johnson? Magic, Magic Johnson. <laughs> And uh, we're a bit of wrestling fans here. I went down to the WWE Global Warning about 15, 16 years ago yeah. to see the one and only Hulkamania, brother. Brother, and? He wasn't there. Oh, what a shame. All I got to see was The Rock, Triple H, and Brock Lesnar. Rob. So the question is, if you went to, say, let's say a Metallica concert, right? You went to a Metallica concert, you pay all that money, you go to the show, and it's just Lars Ulrich up there banging on the drums, and not the rest of Metallica. That's not Metallica, right? So I think we need to do something here, Rose. What? We are for the fans. Yeah. We have to set up the WLSOC. What's that? The Weekend Legends Sports Fans oh. Outrage Commission. Oh, the sock. We're on the board already. <laughs> Up next, we're going to talk Robbie Farah, the milestone man, and what it means for him to get to 300. You're on the Weekend Legends, Triple M. Now we're back with Triple M's Weekend Legends. The Legends. Conditions apply. See in store for details. This show may have a laxative effect. Live from the Beer Footy Food Festival, we are the Weekend Legends on Triple M. And Robbie Farah is this week's man, milestone man. It was his 300th game last night, Lachlan, out there at the Mark Hughes Foundation Stadium up in Ooh. Newcastle. Is the West Tigers defeated the Newcastle Knights, Rose? I liked the name change. You, you cool with the name change of the stadium? I think it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. An initiative for Beanies for Brain Cancer Round. Yeah, great thing. Robbie scored on his 300th. A very typical try for Robbie Farrah fans. He just looks one way, goes the other, and burrows over. Yeah, and he kind of played it down a little bit as well, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah, get around me. Which reminds me that he did actually play a few games for South, so it's a pity they're not all 300 for the Tigers <laughs> in terms of burrowing there as a rabbit. But uh, it was a tremendous achievement, and he's only the third hooker in the NRL to have played 300 games. Right. Luke Prittis was one of them. Yeah. I'm not sure about the second one. So what you're saying is being a hooker and getting to 300 games is not easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't quite get the name of the other guys. Oh, really? So Smith or Jones or something. <laughs> something like that. Okay, right. Now, of course, Robbie being Roddy, last week we had Benji's 300th and it was all smiles and reminiscing and uh, great stories. But, of course, with Robbie there's a bit of controversy. Yeah, it feels different this week. Last week we were embroiled in a Cam Smith, you know, a, a Benji celebration where everyone's a great bloke. And then this week uh, some people aren't at... I'm that excited about Robbie Farris 300. No, if you go back to 2016, of course, when Jason Taylor was coaching the Tigers and he indicated that Robbie's future was reserve grade. They uh, do not get along, those two. No, no. <laughs> so Robbie was asked on the eve of his 300th game if he could have any message for JT as in Jason Taylor, and he said, yeah, you're coaching North. <laughs> Which I think is a bit harsh as we're out here looking forward to the Jets' take on Canterbury. Mm. Got a game at the moment, Rose, the Glebe Dirty Reds taking on the Brothers. So yeah. it's, it's, it's happening all down here at Henson Close Park. to the line. 
Uh, Rod Reddy, who was involved with the Tigers at the time, came back and described uh, Robbie as the selfish, most selfish player in rugby league. That's a pretty long list to choose from. Yeah, I, I mean, thought. yeah, you got to narrow it down a little bit, Rob. But it, it, Reddy's come out this week and really kind of gone hard at Robbie Farrow, right? Yeah, look, I think the fans really voted for Robbie in that stoush a few years ago. Remember, yeah. they all turned out at Leichhardt to see him play for the reserve grade team. Yes. I think this is a bit of a confusion about the fact that Robbie's a very, very intense player. Right. Benji Marshall once described him as a bad loser in the sense that he feels it really intensely. Yeah, it's like me. Mainly heaps it on himself mm. and might reflect that. But that's the sort of intensity I want in a football player, Rob. Well, here, we, here, comes, here comes the Tigers, man. Well, there's nothing more annoying than when your team's just got touched up by 30, yep. which you'd be familiar with supporting the Bulldogs. <laughs> okay. And, you know, they go and shake hands and have a water with the opposition player and hug and smile. Mm -hmm. I want to feel pain. I want to feel loss. <laughs> I want to feel anger. Right. Robbie Farrow has delivered that in spades <laughs> since 2003. He's saying he's rugby league. Yeah. He's rugby league losses. I think, as a Tigers fan, Rose, that uh, both Benji and Robbie finding their way back to Leichhardt, to Concord, to Campbelltown Stadium, to Bankwest <laughs> okay. Stadium right. has been a spiritual reunion for us. Yeah, Do you no, feel the love? I will pay that. It, it is a kind of a full circle thing that you love in rugby league. You know what I mean? Like coming back around to your team. That's why I'm going to be so excited when Josh Reynolds comes back to the dogs. I, and I think that's <laughs> going to happen very, very soon. Yeah. But if we want to pick out a particular highlight of Robbie's career, Rose, it might be all the sniping from dummy half. Sure. Would it be lifting the arms, looking for a penalty from the ref at the play of the ball? I mean, yeah, that's half of his career right there. Let me take you back to 2009 at Leichhardt Oval. Do we have to? The West Tigers <laughs> took on the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah. And there'd been an incident where Anthony Watts, the opposition hooker, felt that something might have got a stray elbow. Wasn't even sure it was Robbie, but he threw a short one into Robbie. Of course you do. So you the, the ref is in front of you. You throw one. So the ref said when they were packing the next scrum, Listen, fellas, just make it quick. Okay. So Robbie did. He threw one. It erupted. <laughs> in the scrum. In the scrum. <laughs> that was 2009. Unfortunately, it's not 2019. But yeah. Robbie Farrah, thank you very much for the memories. You're a champion, We Robbie. do thank you, Robbie, for 300 games and so many more still to come. Next hour, guys, Glenn Dwyer, Jets director, will be joining us yeah. live here at Henson Park. And we're going to look at the Ashes. What's, what, what do we need to know and what's coming up? You're mm. on the Weekend Legends, Triple M. Put your feet up on the dash, recline the seat, and let these guys take the wheel, metaphorically. Obviously. Triple M's Weekend Legends. With Chris and Rose, we're live here at Henson Park for the Beer, Footy and Food Festival, and it kicks off today. Get your ticks at beerfootyfood.com. You've got to be careful when you say Beer Footy Food Festival, don't you, Lachlan? It's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> yes, it is. Henson Park's tough as this well. This is the gala day. It's almost like the grand final day for the Newtown Jets. They're taking on Canterbury-Bankstown at 3 p.m. It's going to be magnificent. But there were some dark days for the Newtown Jets when they were kicked out of the New South Wales Rugby League in the early 80s. Mm. Now, they're back here now, and there's a wonderful book that's being launched next week called Taking It to the Streets, The Second Life, Life of the Newtown Rugby League Football Club. And we have its writer with us, a man who bleeds blue and white, Glenn Dwyer. Glenn, good morning. Good morning, uh, Chris, and good morning, Andrew. And look, thanks very much to Triple M for the terrific coverage you give to this festival and to the Jets. What's well, our pleasure. It certainly is. Now, Glenn, what happened? Why did the Jets get t kicked out of first grade? It made my heart break. Look, to... We don't have time here to uh, go into a long, you know, rugby league history lesson. But Siri, it, it's, it was an, it was a process that was probably about twenty years in the making, because Newtown was always in a difficult position, being in a landlocked yes. inner city environment, yeah. uh, small population, you know, very few juniors, uh, not much, not much scope for gain, you know increasing sponsorship. So by nineteen eighty three, they owed a lot of money. And uh, the the move the pro the projected move to Campbelltown didn't come off. 
And how did they? And how did the Jets get back into first grade? How well, did that work? That, that's a, that's a. I cover that in the um, in this um, book. Taking to the streets. Book, the it's also been covered in greater depth by Terry Williams in two earlier Newtown histories. But what happened? Um, they they didn't field a team for seven years from 1984 to 1990 inclusive. Mm. But they kept alive as a club. They were raising money to pay the very large debts they owed. And they ultimately sold their license club in the, the Newtown Leagues Club in Stanmore Road. That meant they, they were debt-free, they had a bit of money to work with, and they entered the, what was called the, the New South Wales Rugby League Metropolitan Cup competition in 1991, right. yep. which is a, a grandfather of the, what, we're, what the game that's currently on Henson Park right now in the Ron Massey Cup competition. Yeah, oh, the great Ron Massey. Yeah. That's right. It, it commemorates his contribution I, to rugby league. I, I remember the Jets Club in uh, Stanmore Road. I think it's now the Cypress Community Centre. It is indeed. Like <laughs> to be honest, it, it wasn't much of a place for... If that was to be our financial base for survival, it was a leaning on a shallot, you might say, because it, it, it was a bit of a bloodhouse of a place, I have to tell you. I, I've been to the Cypress Community Centre. It's a good night out. Now, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, much, much safer place. Now you're back playing Canterbury Cup. You're the feeder club for the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. This is a gala day. What can fans expect out here at Henson Park at the Beer Footy Food Festival? Well, look, I have to give enormous credit to the younger directors on the Newtown board who conceived this whole project and, 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 and the scope of it, that, mm. that you could combine a community festival with live rugby league. And, you know, and it started in 2016, and believe me, it's working. We've had a good run with the weather over the years. That's very important. Yes. But a, a, a community festival in the inner western region of Sydney... You know, it, it, it's bound to, you know, it's bound to be a winner. Look, I think with the weather, there's always been speculation that God is a Newtown fan. He so. could be. <laughs> well, well not... one constant in rugby league, and something I think any self-respecting rugby league fan would have, is a romantic, a romantic connection with the Newtown Jets. We all want to see them back playing NRL. What's your estimate? Are we talking 20, 30 years? When do you think the Jets will get back in the NRL? If ever? That's a, you know, anything's possible, and our patron John Singleton always says that, that it, it would it would take a special set of circumstances of a, a consortium of you know very well funded sponsors yeah. who yep. if some other club fell over and they were looking to fill a vacancy in Sydney but I don't think they'd add any more teams to mm. the NRL in Sydney in in, in the foreseeable future right. and the expansion's going to be elsewhere in you know Christchurch or Perth or sure, somewhere yeah, like yeah. that you know. and, and Glenn finally are we any shot of Singo flying in on his chopper today <laughs> probably too big a crowd here it'd be too ah, dangerous yes. unsafe, <laughs> unsafe. But he'd, be, he'd be welcome any time and it'd be great if he did drop in so great to have you with us Glenn fantastic and thanks again for the terrific coverage you give us Glenn Dwyer author of Taking It to the Streets The Second Life of the Newtown Rugby League Football Club after this we're going to break down the new survivor and the sports stars that are on it you're on the weekend legend Sydney's Triple M not sure if it's the show you'd give 10 out of 10 but these guys do high-five each other a lot. So high-fives. Triple M's Weekend Legends. Uh, we are the Weekend Legends here on Sydney's 104.9 Triple M, live from the Beer Footy and Food Festival, which kicked off today. Get your tickets at beerfootyfood.com if you want. But, guys, the cricket is still a lifeblood of what we as fans are talking about. Oh. And... The Ashes is just around the corner. So close. Around the corner, Lachlan. It starts this Thursday, really? August, 8pm Sydney time. Now, the Ashes squad for Australia has been announced. The yes. big question has been answered. Mm -hmm. Sandpaper Gate is in the rear vision mirror. <laughs> Smith Warner and Cameron Bancroft are all playing. I guarantee you Sandpaper Gate is not in the rear view mirror. Uh, rear mirror. Whatever you call it, I don't drive cars. 
for the Barmy Army. They will not let us forget about that. The Barmy Army are firing up oh, as we speak, they're Rose. They're angry. Now, Matthew Wade's got a bait, but Alex Carey, who was so good in the World Cup, didn't get selected. Yeah, that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, cricket fans have lots of opinions about Mitch Marsh. We won't go into it now, but he's been selected as an all-rounder, as has Michael Nessa. And I'll be honest with you, Rose, I don't know who that is. No, Michael Nessa? Yeah. I, I think I hired him to do my gardens once. Now, cricket fans are always looking for omens. Uh, we were hopeful that England was looking fragile after they rolled for 85 by Ireland. Oh. Ireland needed 181 to win the test match last night. And how they their, go? In their second ever test. Yep. Oh, but, really? Yeah, they scored 38. <laughs> <laughs> a better omen is the Australian women have now officially sealed the Ashes or won the Ashes by defeating England in the first T20 at Chelmsford last night. Yeah, good on them. Go, Australia. Three for 226 versus nine for 133. Meg Lanning, 133 not out of 63 balls. Wow. wow, she went the tonk. That is a pounding. That's huge. Now, Australia, we haven't won the Ashes in England since 2001, Rose. That is an interesting stat. So we're kind of up against it in this Ashes. Yeah, that's right. We've lost the last four series. Things have really been going with home ground advantage over the most of this century. Do you feel like it's beautiful timing, though, that England struggle against what is a new squad in Ireland that quickly? Like, I mean, we're a week out, and they can't even barely beat Ireland. I mean, we, yeah. we should be in with a chance well, here, right? the Australians had an internal game too. Lots of guys. No one scored more than 50. So okay. <laughs> could, could be a bowling action. Yeah, I think we're done. You'll catch all the action on Channel 9 if you want to know where that is because everyone's confused these days where cricket is. Yeah. But you'll find it in Channel 9 on one of their secondary stations. But we'll be taking English commentary so it won't all be good. Oh, great. It's this Thursday. Make sure you're behind the baggy green. But up next, there's a lot that happens in sport that we don't get to talk about on this show. That's why we give you a What Did I Miss? You're on the Weekend Legends here Triple M. A show that combines our two great loves, The Weekend and Working Half-Assed. Triple M's Weekend Legends. It is The Weekend Legends. We're live here at Henson Park for the Beer Footy Food Festival. Thanks to everyone for coming down. Oh, some shout-outs there from the crowd. We got a cheer. That was amazing. Thanks, guys. <laughs> now, we know that there's so much in sport that you can't keep up with. That's why we have... Wait, what? What did I miss? Chris, I'm going to start you off with something we love here on the Weekend Legend, and that is when a coach of a sports team loses his mind at his own players. I have a collection of all coaches getting angry, and this week in Melbourne, a local AFL team didn't play very well in their game, and here's the coach giving them some advice afterwards. It's mental! F***ing weakness! Weakness! I don't know, Chris. That sounds like the reviews we get after our radio show. That's, that's, a, that's a positive to me. I think if you went on the Craig Bellamy meter, Rose, that's about a 15.5. <laughs> now, uh, interesting news overnight that Len Lease have lost the contract to build the new Allianz Stadium. Yeah, so they knocked it down, and so, now they're not going to build it. So the budget was $729 million. Oh, Not much. So they need a new contractor who has to be able to build it without the demolition costs. So I think, I think we'll, this is for us, right? We'll put in a quote. Yeah, I think you and I can get this done yeah, in perfect. time. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm going to take you over to football. Some crazy scenes in the soccer this week. Two Arsenal players, uh, Kolisnak and Ozil, are in a car on their Bless way. You. Yeah, thank you. And they get carjacked. Two guys show up on mopeds with machetes and go at them with machetes. This was to a friendly? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I wasn't very friendly wasn't by the end of it. But they, they, the players actually got out of the car and fought the machete men off. I mean, I'd, I'd run for my life. They actually went at the machetes. And, Rose, we're out here <laughs> at the Newtown Beer Footy Food Festival. The Newtown Jets taking on Canterbury at 3 p.m. But right now, the Glebe Dirty Reds lead the brothers 14-12. And the Glebe Dirty Reds are selling their immortal pale owl at the ground today. It has Frank Burge, the immortal, on it. 30 years on from when Rugby League Week first introduced, introduced the Immortals Red Wine. What a great occasion. I've had five of them so far. I'll have a couple more and I'll tell you if I'm a fan or not. But they, say, they taste pretty good so far. It's going to be a wonderful day. People streaming in through the gates right now. We, we need you out here to enjoy the, he- the Henson Park experience. What's your call? Jets are going to win? Jets by miles. You're dreaming. My beloved Bulldogs are taking this away, right? If you want to get down here, it's the Beer Footy Food Festival live from Henson Park. Thanks to young Henry for putting us up in this blow-up pub. Yeah, this will be great. We'll be here next week. To take you through all the week's sports, you're on the Weekend Legends, Sydney's Triple M. Go the dogs! The Weekend Legends on Triple M.